Welcome to part two of Inside a Migration Gravel Race. We rejoin the story, sat around the dinner table, reflecting on day three and looking forward to the final day tomorrow. We don't stop, so we don't lose. And then uh, at some point I found my legs again, and then I went. Is that enough? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Top 10? Uh, I, really I don't think so. I think I was 11. 11 or 12, so pretty good. And how did you find the rock garden? Pretty good, that was a tough day. I'm out. Avoid most of them. Tomorrow. Now we, now we know. Yeah. <laughs> so you can hang My, with them uh, at the start. Cleat came last. Oh, yeah. And I'd sort of already given up that point of trying to catch them. <laughs> and so I, I feel like tomorrow I'm going to keep, see if I can keep going hard. Harder than I'd want to go, just to see if I can get back after yeah. the after the start because the, I just can't do the technical stuff. Like it was at the start today, I just lost contact and text a bit. Like just it's just a hard day out. Simple as. That was hard day. Tomorrow's gonna be long as well. This is part two of Inside the Migration Gravel Race. I hope that clip at the introduction wasn't too messy, but I wanted to give you guys a sense of what it was like to be there, sat around the dinner table, hanging out, chatting about the day. And in today's episode, I'm going to share with you some interviews I did at the end of the race with some of the other participants. I hope you enjoy it. And we're going to start with the main man himself, one of the guys who, without his participation, this race wouldn't have happened. And second overall on GC, 18 minutes behind the leader. It is, of course, Suleiman Kangangi. First question, how did you find the event? I think the event was was um, uh, was quite amazing. Like, um, you know, like uh, the management, how like... Uh, uh, how everything was planned out. I think it went to, uh, according to the plan. Um, the 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 the, the, the uh, support staff was was really good, so that was a tick. Um, and even the event itself, like uh, so far, I'm not sure if everyone has finished, but we didn't have like big big cases where like we have to take people to hospital. So for me. I feel like it was okay. Um, Racing-wise, I think it was a competitive race. Um, it was not like an adventure. Well, like sort of like it's sort of like a race, but still an adventure. But like it was a proper proper race. Like all four days were like uh, full gas, like all out. Uh, Tactic-wise, like you could see people are you know playing their cards. So in general, I think it went very okay. I'm happy with the event. I was gonna. Well, I wasn't really at the front, so I couldn't couldn't tell. How was it at the front of the the race? Well, it's like what we expected uh, when these guys came, like top athletes, um, um, Ian, uh, Lauren, uh, Thomas. You know, like these guys with a lot of experience. And um, when they came here, what we wanted, we as Africans, it's like proper race, you know, and that's what we got. Um, so it was, uh, you know, um, it was difficult, like in front, you know. Um, uh, they will go full gas and they'll make selections. Um, 
but still like um, I'm happy with how like the how the Africans responded yeah. as well you know like they showed that you know uh, they can rub feathers with them and you know it was not it was it was not it was not, it was not easy in front but it was proper uh, proper race yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I was going to ask you um how how do you feel about your own performance personally personally i feel better like i feel bad about uh, stage 1 like you know um i got a punch early on and um, i got still got second on the day but you know it was like well i've lost 13 minutes to the winner who was Laurenton Dam. so you know i was hoping that uh, maybe i could have been closer uh, that day but um uh, day 2 was even better i think it was like very hard it was a queen stage of the race um we spent a lot of time riding together Lauren Ian and me um but in general so I'm second in GC in overall classification I was hoping I could win it but you know you can't uh, uh, underestimate these guys yeah, they have yeah. a lot of experience they're still very strong so I'm really happy with my yeah. performance but you were only 20 minutes behind starting today yeah. behind Lawrence I guess did you finish with him today yes yeah yeah so 20 minutes down considering and that was the 20 minutes from stage one yep. like you held it with him for for three days pretty much yeah yeah yeah. like um it's i think in general i think you're still the strongest rider like from what uh, i've seen him i've seen him like the way i've seen him riding in the last couple of days but i i know even him like he'll have like you know um he'll know that he was in a race as well yeah. and that's that's a good thing you know we didn't want them coming here and just like ride away yeah, yeah. find it easy yeah so in that way like i'm happy that we could give them uh, a run for their money yeah, yeah. and uh what are you going to take away from this race? Lessons learned and anything that surprised you? Uh, anything you're going to do differently? Yes. Um, yeah. When it comes to probably maybe with the um, with the equipment, maybe a few things you know here and there. Um, uh, some things will change in the future. Maybe tires and stuff. Um, yeah. It was just my second gravel race, I think. Uh, the father one was in Rwanda, so I'm still in a learning curve. Like it's it's yeah. it's. it's, it's I don't want to say it's really new to me, but you know it's a kind of a different event from what I've been used to on the road. But um, yeah, I've got a lot to 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 to, to learn from, you know, especially with feeding. Yeah. You know, like it's I, I I feel like you you are spending more energy than you know, like it's very difficult to stay on the wheel. So like you are not saving as much, so you are spending more more energy. So it's things that you know you have to have like better nutrition stuff and stuff yeah and days are longer as well and the days are longer yeah, yeah the hours are longer so everything is gonna change but at least it's um it's a good learning curve yeah yeah and final questions uh because you're second on gc i guess that means that you're going to be going to the states hopefully for yeah. one of the big or two of the big gravel races yeah. uh how are you feeling about that well it's something that uh when the project was started it's something that uh, i really uh, i really looked uh, uh, ahead of like and it was uh, a, a one of the motivation for me to to do well in this race because uh, i i want to explore more about myself in gravel racing and getting a chance to go to do these races in us i think it will be um, a, a fantastic opportunity and I'm really really looking forward to that yeah I wish you best of luck Aaron what else have you got coming up in terms of events uh, well sort of at the moment um, uh, I have Badlands as well I'll be participating in Badlands uh, there's still like um, uh, some things I need to, to sort out but hopefully that uh, I'll be there um, 
yeah and some of them some of, some others have not yet like concluded like well be and stuff but yeah. i'll let you guys know soon yeah. yeah exciting times ahead thank you very much thank you so much too yeah so i'm here with noel and luke from fat pigeon end of day four both are smiling that must be a good sign yeah well, I'm smiling now because, uh, yeah, we finished, but, uh, yeah, today the legs were really good, but I, uh, I haven't been able to use them in the front because I had too much, too many punctures, like five in the kilometer, between kilometer 30 and 40, so, uh, but, yeah, the course was really beautiful and saw elephants, saw giraffes, saw zebras, so, uh, yeah, had a great day out there. It was a nice... What, what more can you ask for? <laughs> yeah, it was a great adventure, I mean... I haven't been able to race properly, but I mean the adventure was perfect. Yeah. And how was your day? Yeah, man, it was it was great. It was the fourth. I still can't believe that we had actually a four four day stage race in Kenya, like Noel said, surrounded by zebras, giraffes. Saw an elephant today, a punctured here and there. I've ridden roads on which I would never even say that they were roads. Uh, had a massive event. You know it. it it's still blowing my mind, so I'm a bit dazed by now. Yeah, yeah. It's still early, but is there anything that you're going to be taking away from this in terms of uh, that might have changed your perspective or or something else like that? Yeah, for me, what I find very, very, very interesting is that uh, like that they are able to organize such an event. I mean, if you see all the people on the on the motorbikes setting up the tents, preparing the food, you know. They're everywhere, and like they, they make the camps in places that yeah there's just nothing. But they, they make sure that we can, that we have a toilet, that we have a, a warm shower, yeah. Yeah. you know, that we have food when we arrive, that we have like snacks, like ham hamburgers and stuff. It's yeah, it's yeah. amazing, man. Just in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask how it compares to other events and other kind of cycling trips that you guys have done. Well, to add to your first to your last question. Uh, was that I was quite, <coughs> what's the right word, not really humbled, but um, I saw, we are, we are, I was riding a Ridley Kanzo fast, like a 6,000 euro bike, top notch, everything. And I saw guys riding here this event, like going with the front pack uh, on, I don't know, third owner mountain bikes, uh, Shimano Sora, just shredding it. And that's really, that's really humbling. Like I know that we are riding this bike because we got the chance to do so. Um, but it's really about a passion about cycling and these guys were, were shredding it hard, you know, and each time they would come back again and they were laughing on the bikes too. So I, I really, that's what I will be taking back to the Netherlands. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what have you guys got planned next for your cycling adventures? Yeah, the first big thing I think is in three weeks time, something like that. The yeah. end of the end of July, we uh, we race uh, the Rift. It's a it's a 200 kilometer uh, race in Iceland. So yeah, from the tropics of Kenya, we go to the uh, to the yeah, to the high altitudes of of Iceland. So quite epic. So yeah, I think uh, I've learned quite some lessons here uh, regarding to the to the yeah. equipment. So yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, what are you going to do differently, or what are you going to now take into account? Um, yeah, just better to be safe than sorry. Uh, I'm not gonna take like the super, super, super fast tires. I'm just gonna play it safe because you know, the flat tire just takes a lot of time. And uh, if your tires are maybe 50 or 100 grams heavier, but you don't have any punctures or maybe less punctures, then yeah, you have a much better race, much better experience. So better losing an extra kilometer an hour 
and not puncturing so much than going fast but then having to stop I mean didn't you have seven on the first day was that you or was that someone yeah. else yeah. yeah so how many punches in total did you have for the whole race <laughs> uh, yeah today was five again and I think yesterday also four and the day before five so yes at least 20 in four days so if you if you take out my tube right now I think you'll see like five six seven patches on it yeah, it's crazy. So he was he was riding actually new tires with rubber inserts also. So wow, okay. It was rough terrain. It was really. It was rough. Are you guys going to be back next year? Yeah, yeah. If we, if we get the opportunity, if we can, if we are allowed to come back, yeah, we we sure we sure we'll be back. Yeah, it's going to be popular. I'm sure. If people see the pictures and see what happened, insane. If you look at the story, if you look at the media coverage, if you look at the fun that. I'm, I'm so sure that the media coverage is going to show so much fun. I mean, I've I've ridden next to the Wahoo car, for example, and to the organization's car, and the camera was hanging out while I was downhilling with 50 k's an hour to like this this how do you call it like uh, yeah, this crazy fields. Yeah. It's gonna look amazing. I've heard that their their film will actually it will take quite a while. It will air somewhere around September. But uh, yeah, like Noel said, absolutely, we'll be there next year again. I don't know if we'll ride a, a, a really fast aero gravel bike again. <laughs> I might opt for something more suitable, but uh, yeah, like I said just before, even a 1990s mountain bike would do here. Yeah, but it was a stunner event to be uh, to be a part of. Real honor. Yeah. And what I what I think that sets this event apart from other events, you know, of course there are the zebras and the giraffes and the elephants, but it's also like the, the whole story behind it and the, the African riders and, and, and that kind of stuff. So it's yeah, it's just way more than just just a race. It's it's the whole story around it that makes it special. And of course there will be the the, the nice footage of the of the race, but there's also like the, the whole story and everything behind it that, that adds value to the to the story. And the fact that like someone like Sule is now going to be going to Belgian Waffle or whatever the other one is in the States. I mean, that's huge. And he's got, he's got Badlands coming up in September. I mean, if he can turn himself into like a serious off-road endurance guy, he's going to crush it. I mean, he's finished 20 minutes down on GC, I think, or something like that. I mean, that's incredible. I honestly hope that he will do what he did here. If he can do it there and people, I think with, with his weight and with his power output and riding on, I, I thought he was riding like a loaned bike. He was not riding his personal bike. That's yeah, he's, he's riding just a, a bike from Giant here that he's been given. He's had it a while, but yeah, I mean, it's not a $6,000, it's like a, a thousand and a half. It's still a good bike, but I mean, yeah. I, I hope he. I hope he can, he can pull it off. And I know that listening to Lawrence this morning and yesterday, because they were talking about the same the same example. And Lawrence said that you know it's it's a real it's a real race out there, especially at Unbound. Like those guys, it's 400 people. It's a real peloton. It's real, going real fast. You need to be a strong rider. And I think on this terrain. Like we just discussed, the roads were insane. Like being 60 kilos here is really a, a, a positive thing. Yeah. And I don't know how it would be with the power output on a regular gravel. Yeah, but, but even if he doesn't like win the events or end up in front, let it just be a perfect inspiration for the people of his village, the people of his cycling club, the people like of the, of the cycling community in, in Africa. You know, that people just see that if you work hard for it, if you just go for it that you can 
yeah, travel to, to awesome places. Yeah. There's actually a sign, a sign here on the wall. It says, by doing what you love, you inspire and awaken the hearts of others. Well, that's probably the migration race in yeah. summary. Oh, completely. And I think that's, that's his story as well. And he's a great guy. And he, yeah, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, nothing to add. Thanks a lot, Pete. Yeah. And congrats. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> when I recorded this next interview, I forgot to introduce him properly. Therefore, my next guest is Finley Newmark. So, end of the migration gravel race, and I've managed to find, well, a fellow Brit, let's say, uh, hiding under Irish colours. But um, I guess, like me, had quite quite an arduous time. Well, not, not necessarily arduous getting here, but getting home is going to be a little bit more arduous. Uh, not that you know about it yet, but was it worth it? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, literally anything that happens from this point, it'll be worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what have been the best bits for you? Um, I have to say stage two was pretty epic. Um, just completing that uh, felt like a big achievement. And um, going up through the clouds, um, I ju- I, just the whole thing. Like, it's all been a bit of a blow. I can't believe it's over already. Um, but, yeah, like... I don't know, like, the, 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 okay, start of stage two. Yeah. Sun was rising. Wildebeest came across the, the middle of the road. Everybody was, like, taking it steady. There was just a, quite, there were quite a lot of people, there were quite a lot of people um, clinging on to that front group. Um, that felt special. There you go. That was my favourite part. Yeah, the sun coming up, like, yeah. briefly, just this orange ball and then silhouettes of Wildebeest and, yeah. 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 Oh. And then it kicked off and then there was dust and then, yeah. Whatever, but yeah. So how does this compare to the stuff that you normally do on your bike? Uh, it's very different. Um, very different um, atmosphere around the race. I'd say that's probably the biggest difference. Uh, when you're in a race, you're just going as hard as you can, and that's that's the same. Um, but yeah, around the race, there's definitely a bigger community. Like, I'm the only one here from Trinity Racing, um, but I feel like I'm in a team of 60, what was it, 62 riders, yeah, yeah. Um, because... Everybody's just here to have fun, experience um, experience some cool stuff, yeah. and 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 uh, learn from each other and teach teach each other. Yeah. But well, and the competition. Not that I was there, but the competition was high as well. Like, how have you felt? How have you found that? Yeah. So I mean, this this is my first off road race, full stop. Like, um, I've, I haven't done a gravel race, haven't done a mountain bike race. Yeah, first off road race. But I um, like the level has been ridiculously high i mean the 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 east african riders are incredibly strong um yeah uh, like uh, it's, it's hard to explain um their knowledge of the the roads the, their knowledge of their bikes um and just gen, gen, generally the um determination and and uh heart that goes into um their performances is, is quite inspiring. So yeah, yeah, they do a lot with with, with not much, shall yeah. we say? Yeah, that's that's for sure. Like I, I've turned up here, thanks to the team sponsors, with a ridiculously fancy bike, um, and it's fair to say I've been put to shame. <laughs> <laughs> On that point, uh, what are you taking away with you? Lessons, what are the things that you're going to put into your your training, your racing. Um, what I'm taking away is I want to do a hell of a lot more of this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, that's for sure. 
Um, I think uh, there's a few things with tyres and maybe changing a few things with my setup um, just to make it a little bit more bomb-proof, but then equally a little bit lighter as well yeah. because the guys in the front group weren't really carrying that much. I had like a big frame bag and like, yeah, I was filming, but like there was definitely unnecessary stuff in there. So yeah, just do more, enjoy it more and um, meet more cool people. Yeah, yeah, that was going to be my next question. On like a, a more deeper level, what, what are you taking away from it? Is it that community bit in the... Yeah, for sure. Like the, the, the community, I feel like, I, I would quite like to bring um, some of that uh, style to um, the road scene. I think that would be quite difficult, but like encouraging two different teams or three different teams to eat dinner together um, chat about the race um, it's not them and us it's just yeah, us yeah. Um, and if that can't be the case then um, I don't know yeah just start doing your own events yeah exactly just do my own events <laughs> and do it my own way or, or I'll leave my team and go sit with another team and yeah I don't know that's it, how things yeah 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 and that's how things change and I think there's, there's a big conversation about culture in cycling uh, and I think we've seen let's say uh, a really a good side to, to yeah. cycling culture that's been really positive in this last week so uh, long may that continue yeah and uh, yeah what's coming up next for you um, it's quite unknown actually um, I mean coming up next is is some weird quarantines and isolations and moving around but in terms of racing um, I'd quite like to do some bikepacking in the UK, um, and then there's some racing in the UK, possibly some tour series, uh, which is like a crit series in the UK, which is quite different to what I've yeah, just been yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then some races in Belgium towards the end of August. Nice. Yeah. Well, good luck with those. Cheers. Thank you, Finley. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'm yeah. I'm enjoying everything that you're doing, so I appreciate <laughs> oh, it. I'll leave that bit in to Finley and if you get the chance I would highly recommend that you go and check out his Instagram page not only is he an incredibly talented cyclist I'd say that he's even more talented when it comes to photography and videography he really has um, a good eye and captured a lot of really amazing pictures and videos from the migration gravel race and now to my final guest for part two of inside the migration gravel race East Africans and Kenyans have dominated the world of middle and long distance running for quite a while now. And there is the ambition that this level of ability could be reached within the cyclists as well, given the conditions within East Africa for generating athletes with really incredible cardio abilities. Now, my next guest, Mark Rodge, works with the runners in Kenya, originally from Spain. He's lived in Kenya for five years now. And he also took part in the migration gravel race. We had a really interesting conversation one evening at the race, which I didn't record. But subsequently, I set up some time to speak to him over Zoom and I recorded this conversation with him. And so now to Mark. Hello, uh, my name is Mark Roch. I'm originally from Barcelona, Spain based in Kenya since 2015. I'm a physiotherapist by profession. 
and I work with uh, some top athletes uh, in Kenya. I, I also train with them running. So that's uh, a little bit why uh, many people wondered why I ended up at the migration gravel race. Yeah. Because, uh, well, I have a bike, but I am not a rider. So I, I definitely arrived to the race uh, unprepared, but mm -hmm. I wanted to feel the experience because yes, so I've been in Kenya for now more than five years. I'm on the spot, but from the running, I wanted to see how it is the cycling. Taking part in the race, how did that, how was that for you in terms of going from someone who cycles a little bit, uh, runs quite a lot, then this 600 kilometer all off road. Um, and it's not just a casual ride. It's, it's, it's a race. I mean, to be fair, you you seemed like you were, uh, yeah, you were quite at home, certainly on the uphill bits. But um, that was my perception. How how was it? How was it going on inside your head? Yeah, maybe I just had like a couple of advantage to the international riders. One was that, okay, I've been in Kenya long enough, so I know that um, what the what the meaning of rough road means, although yeah. still there. It surprised me because sometimes we were not on the rough roads. We were just in the middle of the bushes or on the, in the middle of the stones or, or in the middle of nowhere. So, but at least, yeah, so I knew a little bit what we could find. And then second advantage is that I, I already live above 2,000 meter, 2, meters above sea level. So that challenge that, yeah, especially many riders uh, faced uh, for, especially on day two, that we were almost all the time above 2,000 meters, yeah. reaching almost 3,000. So that for me was like the cardio part was 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 solved. But that was those were my only really advantages. As, as I was approaching to the event, I started realizing so how much unprepared I, I was. Um, on, on the technical side, I've been extremely lucky that I didn't get any puncture. I didn't get any, any uh, mechanical problem because, yeah. yes, I also don't know how to how to fix bike, especially on the on the on the go. Uh, so, so I was mostly scared about that. It's like okay, so I might take many hours, but the fitness is not a big deal. Uh, yeah. I just hope I, that I don't fall down. I fell down a few times, but uh, slow motion fall, fall down there. So, so to give an example about like how much I'm prepared, I was imagine that the first day it was the shortest uh, stage, 120 kilometers. And when my Strava detected my my my, my ride, yeah. uh, congratulations for being the longest <laughs> ride on Strava. So I imagine, and it was the show. So I was like, holy shit! And tomorrow it's 170. What am I going to do? <laughs> congratulating me for that. Well, second day, yeah, my GPS even didn't didn't manage to stay uh, awake the whole race. So right. it was such an intense period of four or five days. Um, certainly for me, I don't know how, how do you how are you feeling now? Kind of like a a week on. Yeah, I know for sure. Uh, the same that happens to many runners the first time that they run a marathon. That as soon as they finish, they say like never again. Yeah. Uh, as soon as I finished the migration gravel race, I said never again. So this is this is hell. So so much suffering, so much pain, and this. But then yeah, so one week after, it's already thinking like. Okay, maybe it was not really that bad. I'm, I, I think I, I enjoyed it more than I suffered it. Yes. So wh when is the next one happening? And I think that I'm going to be engaged quite a lot. Nice. So cycling is going to be your, not necessarily it's going to take over from running, but now it is it's something that you think you're going to continue with. 
Yeah, once, once you are not running in a competitive level, yeah, so if, if you are competitive, I would say that, okay, don't start mixing because, uh, okay, in the cardio side, they might be similar, but, but, but they are not as similar as people might think on, on high performance. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you are really not, uh, so if it's for fitness, if it's for the adventure, if it's for the, 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 the enjoyment of mm. practicing sports, they combine very well. And, and as we age, yeah, so now I'm 37. Uh, yeah, so I would say, unless you fall down, cycling is much more gentle to the, to the body than, yeah. than running. And so running, yeah, you start feeling pains <laughs> everywhere if you train uh, seriously. Mm. So I think I would say, okay, it requires much more, many more hours. But yeah, so it's a, it's a nice combination. I think that, yeah, from now on, I'll just keep it on, uh, on in balance. And that needs, leads nicely into my next question, which is about your perspective. You've almost now got a, a foot in both camps, shall we say, the, the elite running and this kind of growing um, East African cycling. And I'm interested in your perspective on um, having experienced the migration growers, having met the athletes, where, where, where does this go? Like the ambition is big in terms of getting... Uh, East African cyclists to become kind of, I mean, why not like Kipchoge's like in the future in, in the sport? Yeah, I would say that the advantage that uh, long distance running has is that involves very few people and even I would say very small investment to create champions yeah. or, uh, to detect them and, and to bring them because it's like, so detecting is quite easy. You, you make a race wherever you want in the world. And usually the, those who cross the finish line first are, are the most talented if, you, if they are of similar age. In cycling, uh, my perspective, a little bit from outside, because yes, I'm, I'm not really that much into, into mm. the sport, but my perspective from outside is that there are so many things being, so having a factor, having a, a say there that, that detecting the talent is, is not as easy. Yeah. So we know that we have very many capable people uh, of, of riding very well uh, in, a, in East Africa. But if they don't get the chances, if they don't get good equipment, if they don't uh, get invited to, to be part of teams, uh, and if, they, if there are no races for, for them, it's going to be very difficult. So I wouldn't say that it's a matter of time, uh, so if it's like it's going to take five years or, or 10 years, it's a matter of, of those who have uh, influence into that decide to, to make a step forward and, and start investing in the, in the East African riders. So with uh, teams like Amani, uh, Bike Aid, so those, those are small steps, but it's, it is really what is necessary. So, so let's, let's start involving more of these cyclists Mm. And then it might start with very few joining teams from abroad. And then when the talent, uh, so when people discover that there is enough talent, hopefully the teams will start coming from, from the ground. In athletics, it could be even as easy as uh, someone believes that has the talent, then uh, starts just training around. It happens to us. Eh? So many times mm. we have our training come in, in Captarat and some people that just like rent a room outside they know at the times that we are training. So yeah. then they just show up. It's also good for us because if we see that someone from outside shows up, 
joins the trainings, yeah. stays with the group, stays in front of the group for a few weeks. It's like, hey, so give me your contacts because we can help you. And then uh, so you can help us also to, so to become part of the team. It, I don't imagine a situation like yeah, where an uh, East African uh, rider uh, might might carry his bike uh, to 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 UK uh, and say yeah. like okay, so at what time are you starting the training tomorrow? Eh? So I'm, I'm joining, and it's not happening that way. It's not, but you bring up an interesting point, and it's also to my slightly uneducated eye, like um, that hints to a degree of like uh, mental toughness and mental and like ambition in terms of quite a clear goal. I think also with running, because it's more simple, you can put the steps together to be like, okay, maybe I'm not on the team, but if I show up, I rent my own room, that's going to demonstrate not just my physical, like if I can deliver physically, but that's also going to demonstrate my my mental attitude towards it. And I think I'm not sure how you you facilitate that within your runners, but and and whether that's something you've experienced as well. No, exactly. So at, at the, at the you, you find it that at the start line, um, everybody believes that they can win. Yeah. And, and they truly believe it. Eh? So while uh, when I'm standing at the, at the start line, I'm just thinking, okay, so let me play safe. Like, this is what I can achieve. This is what that. So yeah, sometimes they have like, yeah, too much motivation and, and then they, they, they crash it uh, later. Eh? They, mm. they blow up. But, but it really, it's extremely positive that they are not worried. It's like, ah, okay, so how can I be competitive if my bike is my bike is uh, $1,000 and I'm racing with people of bikes with $10,000? So I'm not competitive, so I'm mm. just trying to finish. No, they don't care which bike you have. They don't care which bike they have. And so they, they are going to to try to win. So yeah. That is, that is amazing. And so, yeah, that... that I've, I've I've been here long enough, but uh, I've never achieved it. Eh? And, and they they joke with me eh? that they say like, ah, Mark, you are you are already like your your mind is blocking your uh, blocking your legs. I was like, yeah, it might be true, but <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm playing safe. I heard that you've got um, Kipchoge on a bike as well. Am I right in hearing? Or was that? Yeah. Okay. Well, we we are introducing a little bit of of riding eh, in the in the group. Eh? So with but. Um, as, as I said before, so for high performance in running, so um, it really that doesn't equal the training on the bike. So some athletes have uh, a specific programs for a specific purposes yeah, on the on the bikes. So we have some trainers yeah, at the at the camp, and mm. then yeah, so those who are maybe injured and those who yes, we just try to achieve some small things are things that we are introducing very recently. Actually, as my first bike that I brought to Kenya. Um, ended up being for uh, Geoffrey Camoror because uh, yes, one year ago he had um, an accident when he was running. Mm. Uh, a motorbike hit him, and then so mm. he had some uh, injuries on the leg. Yeah. So so yes, to keep him active, um, yeah. So I just gave him uh, my bike, and at the end he it seems that he it was fitting so well in his training that he said, okay, so you keep it, I'll buy another one. <laughs> <laughs> And, and so, is the do you see potential crossover between the Kenyan riders and the the runners in terms of not ne- not necessarily knowledge sharing on the athletic side, but potentially just what it takes to be um, an elite sports person? I, I do, do, do these exchanges already happen, or is the potential for for these things to to happen more in the future? Do you think? 
Yeah, I know that Sule has been in touch a little bit with uh, with our team. Eh? So uh, some because especially yeah, so, so so also to understand the sport. Eh? Uh, so how it, it it it's working cycling in in Kenya. So so yes, we, we are sharing once in a while. We are sharing a, a little bit of of knowledge. Uh, we have absolutely different challenges, but at the end, yeah, the, the situation could be similar in in some in in, in some events. Mm. And so. Yes, uh, there was also like um, a month before the migration gravel race. There was a the the, the world world bike day. So yes. some riders came to Kaptegat to to plant some trees, and, yeah. and Elite Kipchoge was also there. Eh? So uh, flagging the flagging them off later. Eh? So 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 it, yeah, we are, we are we are in the sports, and then yeah, sports in Kenya it's something that has a lot of potential. Um, for the talent of the people, but I think that yes. Yeah, so and thanks to the migration gravel race, so people should start knowing that Kenya can also be uh, like a place then. Eh? So to make events mm. in August, there will be the World Junior uh, Championships in athletics in in Nairobi related to sports are, are happening in Kenya, and I think that yes. Yeah, so in those things, yeah, we can partner quite quite a lot about so how how to engage top sports for the. Uh, sports people in Kenya, but also for the as a, as an organization, people from around the world travel. Like maybe 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 top cyclists, maybe not road cyclists, but maybe Kenya becomes the destination for for gravel riders to go and train or something like that in the future. For sure, we we have so we have the altitude, which of course for for competing is a challenge, but for training is something that everybody looks forward. Mm. Um, we have better weather than than Europe, so you cannot be in the mountains in Europe for half of the year, but you can be in Kenya so all year round. Um, yeah. So taking advantage of, of this high altitude, um, I've I've tried to convince sometimes uh, triathletes, uh, so especially more for Ironman distance, uh, to, yeah. to come and do stages here. We have the challenge of getting good swimming pools uh, to to keep practicing. But yeah. I tell them that uh, okay, yes, maybe. On road, we are still maybe not uh, that extremely safe, or 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 not that so many kilometers eh, to to add a little bit of variation. Mm. But uh, but yeah, now with the popularity of, of gravel, so uh, even triathletes can come here and, and have maybe not like the the last stage of the training before the competition, but but the beginning of the season they can really take advantage of training here. Actually, uh, I remember uh, riding uh, for a while in stage two with uh, the Fat Pigeon, uh, yes. one of them, and and he told me that in the plane coming to Kenya, uh, they were sitting next to a, a Belgian uh, athlete, yeah. uh, Unaert, uh, former European champion of marathon, who was coming to Kenya to prepare for for Olympics. Eh? So we we have lots lots of Europeans coming to to Kenya to this area of Eldoret, the Rift Valley, mm. to to train. So slowly by slowly, who knows? Maybe also with the influence of uh, Furum, eh? we can we can start getting cyclists also coming here. That would be awesome. Yeah, and um, who knows? It's it's um, exciting times ahead hopefully for for cycling in kenya i do believe so yeah yeah well mark thank you very much for your time it's been a pleasure to speak to you thank you i hope that yeah we we, we meet in in more in more gravel races and my thanks to mark and 
the other guys who featured in this part two of Facing the Peloton Inside the Migration Gravel Race. As always, go find Chasing the Peloton on Instagram. Give us a like, send us a comment. And until next time, keep chasing.